Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Kent Sterling for Monday, February 24th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill is the best dentist I've ever gone to. I tell you every day, give him a call, make an appointment. I don't do this for him. I do this for you because I want you to have better dental health. Dr. Mike is the best. Been a patient there for 26 years. I'm telling you the truth. Give him a call. 317-849-2933. Got this from the Pacers just a few minutes ago during the second quarter of the Pacers game at Toronto on Sunday. Indiana Pacers forward Jeremy Lamb sustained a torn left anterior cruciate ligament, a torn lateral meniscus, and a lateral femoral condylar fraction, whatever that is. This is no good. What it means in the short term is he is out for the rest of the season. He will not be back this year, and that's a shame because Jeremy Lamb is a good dude. He's a good defender. He's a good rebounder, and he's a good scorer, and the Pacers are really going to miss him. So now you find out why uh, Kevin Pritchard and the Brain Trust with the Pacers front office, why they did what they did at the trade deadline, did nothing, didn't move anybody, didn't move Aaron Holiday. They needed that depth. Now they're going to be able to withstand the loss of Jeremy Lamb a little bit better as they move forward. Immediately, they play the uh, Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night at Bankers Life Fieldhouse, 7 o'clock. Hopefully, they can get back on the winning track after losing by 46 last night in Toronto. Let's talk about Indiana. Indiana basketball is moving toward a game Thursday night that is really, really important for them, really important for Purdue. I think that the loser of that game might wind up out on the outside of the NCAA tournament next month. That is certainly true with Purdue. If Purdue drops to 7-11 and in the Big Ten as they would if Thursday night they lose to the Indiana Hoosiers, I think they're Dunsky. Indiana, they could lose to Purdue, and then also they could lose to Illinois at Illinois this coming Sunday, win the last two games, go 10-10 and in the conference, 20 wins overall. I think that gets them into the tournament. Yesterday's win against Penn State, absolutely critical. 
in kind of feeding oxygen to the fire of their hopes to go back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2016. Kobe Bryant's celebration of life uh, is ongoing on ESPN. Uh, Vanessa Bryant was unbelievable. Uh, Gina Oriema was terrific. Jimmy Kimmel, really, really good. Rob Polinka, terrific. Celebrating the lives of all those lost in that tragic helicopter accident. And you know what I think is, is too bad? Every time I see one of these celebrations of life, whether it's in person, when somebody passes and, and we go celebrate their life, or whether it's in media like this, you know what? I, I always think, I wish I'd have known that person better. I wish I'd have taken the time to see Kobe Bryant as somebody other than a shoot-first, pass-never basketball player who won championships but certainly seemed more motivated late in his career, especially by scoring a ton of points. This guy was a terrific dad. He was a a really good husband. There was more to Kobe Bryant, more positive stuff with Kobe Bryant than I was aware of. And I feel like I missed out, as, like I said, I always do with these celebrations of life. Jimmer, say the Colts owner, he spoke to the media yesterday. I wrote about this and other things at KentSterling.com. The thing with Jim Irsay, here, here's the real reason that he spoke to the media. The Irsay family is going to donate a ton of money to Indiana University Health to help deal with those who battle addiction. Addiction, a disease from which Jim Irsay suffers. Uh, many of those near him suffer from that disease, and it is a disease. It's not a choice. And Jim Irsay wants people to know that, and he wants people who battle addiction to have all the tools necessary to wage that battle successfully, and that's a terrific thing. Then he started talking about football. And when he talks about football, my eyes glaze over a little bit because I stood next to him when he's talking about the bicep tendon of Andrew Luck being pristine and all of that stuff. He's talking yesterday about Andrew Luck saying that, you know what, nobody knows whether he's going to come back. and Whether he comes back this year or he comes back next year, nobody knows. Well, I know he's not coming back. And that Jim Irsay is indulging and investing in this level of hope that a guy might come back uh, is just, to me, the height of foolishness. Number one, because his promise of coming back, if Andrew Luck, and he's not going to do this, but if he said, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play. And then all of a sudden he comes into training camp and the Colts do what they need to do with that roster to accommodate him as the returning starting quarterback, which means not signing a free agent, not drafting the quarterback of the future, right? Would put them in the same jackpot potentially that they were in in 2019 when he walked away from the team 15 days before the opening of the season. Why Jim Irsay would hope for this, I frankly don't understand. I understand him hoping about Anthony Costanzo because Costanzo has not made a decision. And so if they can get things done, that would get a big thing off Chris Ballard's to-do list. If they don't have to go out and get a left tackle for the next two years, that's a really good thing because drafting one at 13, what are you going to get? Like the fourth or fifth best offensive tackle in the draft? Free agency? Nobody lets go 
of a terrific left tackle. Nobody lets that guy hit free agency. So what you would be getting, you would be getting damaged goods, or at least goods that wasn't appreciated at the level necessary to retain that free agent, right? That's the way it works. You've got to figure out why a guy is being allowed to walk away. You don't let franchise-level, all-pro-level left tackles walk. And why would he want anything less? You've got Anthony Costanzo. Costanzo needs to be a Colt. Let's hope that that gets done. Let me go back to Andrew Luck for just a minute. Here's why he isn't coming back. He made that decision for a reason, that his body, the, the constant aggravation of rehab, of training, all of that in order to play football just wasn't worth it anymore. He didn't want to be hurt. He didn't want to deal with that level of rehab for the next five years as he continues to play, right? So now, a year away, actually, he walked away six months ago today. So in those six months, he's likely healed up, and he feels pretty good. Andrew Luck is smart enough to understand that the reason he feels good today is the reason that he left, right? He, he left because he wanted to feel good. Now he feels good. He is not so illogical that he would then say, you know what I got to do? I got to go back to doing the stuff that made me feel like crap now that I feel good since I didn't do it anymore. See what I mean? That's craziness. Andrew Luck is not a crazy person. He's probably one of the sanest guys you're ever going to meet in your life. And that's why he's not going to come back because his decision has been validated by his recovery. He's going to dote on his daughter. He's going to dote on his wife. They've got all the money they're ever going to need. And he's moved on. So Colts fans and and Jim Ursay are Colts fans who are prodded by Jim Ursay to indulge in hope that he might one day return. That's just craziness. It doesn't make any sense. It's not going to happen. And and so and, and he said, I know people, you're going to want to ask me about Andrew. Why? I haven't thought about Andrew Locke as a quarterback for the Colts in months. Why, why would anybody ask those questions? I just don't understand. Like Jim Ursay's brain is a really interesting place. Billionaires are quirky at their best, right? Jim Ursay can get downright really quirky. Him talking about Andrew Luck, we moved on. We're, we're done with that. We want, we want to look at the Love Kid or the Fromm Kid or the Herbert Kid. We, we want those guys, right? Andrew Luck, God bless him. Nothing but respect for the guy as a man, as a father, as a husband, as a friend, as a teammate, as a former quarterback, all those things, as an intellect but as a guy returning to the Colts as a quarterback, no thank you. I, I appreciate the, uh, the thoughts, but no, don't want Andrew Luck back as a quarterback because he, he isn't coming. So there you go. Also, this past weekend, the Marquee Network, this is what happens when sports franchises get involved in broadcasting. It never goes well initially. And this launch with the Marquee Network has really not gone well. Uh, Unavailable on Hulu Plus, which has a subscription deal in place, 
with the Marquee Network, so subscribers should be able to get it, but they can't. DirecTV, a lot of people unable to get it. Some people have gotten it. Uh, YouTube TV, nothing. Comcast, nothing. And so people can't see it. The Cubs, their, their level of greed... Look, I'm thankful for the 2016 World Championship, okay? I never thought I'd see it happen in my lifetime. My dad didn't see it happen in his lifetime. His dad barely saw it happen in his lifetime. It it just, I I never thought that we were going to get there. And we did, despite Joe Madden and his misuse of the bullpen, whatever. You won. You don't argue with winning. But with the marquee network, what the Cubs are doing, what, what's always been cool about the Cubs, and this goes back to forever, all right, this goes back 70, 75 years. Cubs broadcasts primarily were free. Like for a long time, WGN carried 140, 145 Cubs games. And, and so you got to what? You turned on Channel 9 and you watched the Cubs. You ran home from school every day so you could catch the last three innings of the Cubs if it was a slow game. If it was a quick game, maybe you saw the top of the ninth, maybe you saw the bottom of the ninth if the Cubs were behind. Cubs baseball was free. It was like something that you just got. And now we're going to have to pay for it. Not only only are we going to have to pay for it through subscription fees that are elevated, because of the Marquee Network's presence in our programming packages. But people who don't follow the Cubs are going to have to pay for it. People who won't watch a pitch are going to have to pay for it through their subscription fees to Comcast or YouTube TV or DirecTV, ATT, uh, AT&T, UVerse, DISH, whatever. I, I just think that's predatory, and I don't like it. I, I don't like the way the Cubs have become... A, a source of endless cash for this family. I, I don't begrudge the owner of a sports franchise the ability to make some money. He should, or the family, or she, or whomever, should be able to make some money. But to constantly have your hand out and try to wring every last penny out of this great franchise that has been around for almost 150 years, I just think is miserable and I don't like it, and I don't like Tom Ricketts, and I don't like Crane Kenny. I don't like anything about the way this operation is run. I think it's a shame. And the Cubs fans are being put in a position where they got to pay top dollar, right? And this has been the the case going back to the time when Ricketts bought the team. The, The experience at Wrigley Field has always been one of the three most expensive, or at least in recent in the recent past, one of the three most expensive in baseball. But you could watch it. You could watch it on TV, and, and you didn't need to be a high-end cable subscriber to do it. So grandparents who are on a fixed income, they could sit and watch Cubs baseball on Channel 7 or Channel 9 or, or Comcast Sports Chicago, and, and there it is. And it, it was kind of like a public utility, right? And it's not anymore. And, and what Ricketts is doing, I think, is predatory, and I think it's miserable, and I don't like it. And, and so being a patron, a longstanding patron of Cubs baseball, it is really nauseating to me. 
um, because of the way Ricketts is going about his business. And, and I knew this was happening when the Cubs opened up Wrigley Field to uh, people who wanted to watch a movie. So you could sit in the outfield and they projected a, a movie on a screen. They turned sub, substantially, they, t- they turned Wrigley Field into a movie theater. And, and I thought, yeah, during a road trip. And I thought, what are you doing? They have concerts there constantly. I, I just don't, and, and that's fine. But everything that they do, and you can see that everything they do is to generate profit. And, and what they're trying to do is squeeze as much money out of Wrigley Field and the Cubs it, because of people's love and affinity for that product and that franchise as they can. And the heritage of Cubs baseball from an ownership perspective, and I know that this ownership never produced a, a world championship, so you know there was a downside too. But when the Wrigleys owned Wrigley, Wrigley Field and owned the Cubs, ticket prices stayed the same from, I think, World War II into the mid-70s, for God's sake. Phil Wrigley didn't need to wring all the money in the world out of Cubs baseball. You could watch, They sold 22,000 seats the day of every game. Box seats were $3.50. It was a buck to sit in the bleachers. You could take 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds. I did it with the great Nick Anson. We would take the train, the Northwestern, down to uh, Davis, get off at Davis, hop on the Howard, now it's called the Red Line, straight to Wrigley Field. We'd buy tickets at, at the ticket window for like two bucks, three bucks. We'd go to the game, buy a scorecard, keep score, then go down to the chain link fence where that separated the players' cars from the rabble. They'd come out with a beer in their hands and they'd sign autographs. It was great. It was unbelievable for a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old to be able to do that kind of stuff. Well, you can't do it now, man. You do it now, you better have a, 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 you know, a couple, of, couple of hunches in your pocket, right? To get tickets and get a hot dog. Back then, all in, with the train, with tickets, scorecard, hot dogs, that kind of stuff. It was a $10 day. And I'm not expecting people to roll back time and, and make it that affordable. But it wasn't all about the cash. It wasn't all about money. It wasn't about trying to figure out how to leverage love for Cubs baseball into generational wealth for a family that's already got that in spades. And that's what it's become. And I think it's a shame. And, and shame on the Cubs. Shame on Tom Ricketts, the Ricketts family. Shame on Crane Kenny, who gets paid because of his ability to, you know, see at a molecular level how a business can operate for just a few pennies more. You know what I mean? Like, hey, look at that. We figured out another way to make uh, $42,000. Great going, Crane. Yeah, here's another bonus. I I just think it's despicable and deplorable and miserable. And and to, to do that, because what they're doing, they didn't create the popularity of the Chicago Cubs. They bought the ability to profit from it. The Cubs belong to fans. They just own it, all right? They own the Chicago Cubs, and they own Wrigley Field. And, and it, but they don't own my love for that franchise, and they never will. And if they want to come to me with their hands out and say we need more cash, I, I got no time for that. 
Uh, this has been Sports Another But Sports with Kent Sterling. You know what? Tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent, bright and early, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, 8.15 on Periscope and Twitter. I cannot wait to talk to you then, and hopefully no more business of sport. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk about Tom Ricketts and, and what a, what a money-grubbing stooge he is anymore. I don't want to have that conversation. I like talking about Jim Irsay because he's quirky, he's fun, and he doesn't always have his hand out. He uses his family's wealth that's being generated because of the love of the Colts that people here feel to help people. That's what I think Cubs baseball ought to emulate. That's what Colts basketball is. It's what the Simons do with, with the Pacers as well. We're lucky here in Indianapolis to have the stewards of professional franchises that we have here. No doubt about that. Talk to you tomorrow. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, including the redoubtable Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist you're ever going to go to in your life. 317-849-2933. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.